3: Grace Curley.
1: You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially
3: Grace, Grace, stand up.
1: Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Welcome back to another hour of The Grace Curley Show on the Howie Car Radio Network. I am Caroline Levitt, guest hosting for The Great Grace Curley today. Call me at 844-500-4242, or you can text Curly to 617-213-1066. Now, we have talked, when I filled in for Grace, uh, and I know Grace talks about it a lot as well when she's a- a- taken over her own show, and that is the Biden border crisis. I mean, it's just feels like it's it is getting worse by the day. And Joe Biden instantaneously, when he became president in the in the White House, reversed all of the Trump era policies that were extremely effective remain in Mexico. Uh, He supports amnesty. He stopped the construction of the border wall, which we know was effective, where President Trump's border wall was built. There's an 87% decrease in illegal crossings in those areas. And now we've just watched the disastrous repercussions of this border invasion. There's been nearly 10 million illegal people that have come into our country all throughout Every single state. I mean, you've seen it in your own state here in Massachusetts, where your governor had to declare a state of emergency. We see it in New York City. Illegal immigrants literally running the show in our American communities. There has been more than the total population of 40 American states invading our country in the last three years. It's a national security crisis. It is a health crisis. It's an economic crisis. And I know many of you listening are frustrated and infuriated by it, as you should be. So I thought it would be a great idea to bring on an expert in this field to ask him your questions about Biden's border crisis. And that is Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of United States Border Patrol and Customs. Mr. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on The Grace Curley Show today. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Caroline, uh, thanks for having me. And I tell you what, I was just listening to you. And actually, as you're talking, I, I'm taking notes. And I tell you what, you, you set this up perfectly. I mean, one of the big things is that we always say what, what's happening at our borders is not about immigration. Legal immigration is a separate issue. The, the chaos and lawlessness that's happening at our borders is what you just said. It's about our nation's safety, health, and national security. Job well done.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And I got to tell you, I see you on Newsmax all the time. I know we've been on there a couple of times together. So it's great to talk to you because I have questions and I know our audience does well. Uh, and you were there, y- you were serving in the administration during the Trump era where the policies were effective and we had the most you know, secure border in American history. Tom Holman himself has said that no one did more to secure the border than President Trump. So if you could walk us through like w- the, the policy reversals from Joe, biden that you think have been most consequential and have led to the detrimental impact that we are seeing like what policies need to be re-implemented and what hurt us the most what actions that biden took hurt us the most
2: yeah so so one, one of the key things that 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 you said a couple of times caroline that's so important for everybody listening is policies right Th- this is not an issue about resources or throwing more money at it now don't get me wrong you know, what, once we actually have the policies in place and we're able to secure the border, we can talk about and determine what additional resources we need. But that's not what happened on day one of the Biden administration. Just as you articulated, he went and, and intentionally did so, dismantled a network of tools, stories, and policies he had in place. Let me run down just a couple. You mentioned a big one: the Remain in Mexico program. That program was instrumental in ending the next uh, big issue we did, and that's catch and release. As long as illegal aliens are coming to our border and we're releasing them into the United States, they're going to continue to come. It's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, and you don't have to be a border security expert to understand that. The safe third country agreements we had with all three Northern Triangle countries on day one, they got rid of that along with the Remain in Mexico program. They reinstated catch and release, as I said, on day one. Interior enforcement, ICE. They neutered ICE. They have literally gutted ICE's ability to actually detain and lawfully remove people that remain in the country illegally. And one of the last things that I'll mention is, as you already said, they stopped building the wall, which which... This is so critical because the wall as part of a multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, and personnel. Everywhere where that multi strategy is, is uh, implemented, we see every single measure of success go up. We had a strategy of deterrence and consequence. This administration absolutely reversed it all on day one with the stroke of a pen.
0: And the consequences are just endless. You said you don't have to be a rocket science to see them. Just listen to the migrants themselves, right? Like they're coming from all over the world, as far as Africa and China and Iran, they're coming from our adversarial nations such as Russia, and they're saying, thank you, Joe Biden. Like, I am coming here because I know his border is open and I want a better life. But Mr. Morgan, you just said something that was was leads me to my next question. And you used the word intentional. And a lot of our audience call and they say, If Biden wanted to shut down the border, he could. Donald Trump wrote the playbook. It's not that hard. Why do you think, in your opinion, the Biden administration is allowing this illegal invasion of our country?
2: Kellen, great question. If I can, a little bit of context. It's so important for people listening, because I was still there as the transition goes. I was still Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. We, we provided the Biden transition team well over 200 briefings. The overwhelming majority of them were, was about border security. We warned them if, if, they, if they did what they promised they were going to do during the campaign, if they were going to dismantle that network of tools authorities and policies that I mentioned, that they would create the worst border security disaster in our lifetime. They ignored us. They went ahead and dismantled every tool that I described a minute ago. So this, number one, this is absolutely 100% intentional. So as to the why, here's the issue. The, the, right now, this administration of Democrats, they have two perceived political benefits. Remember, what did he also do on day one? He reversed Trump's a policy, and now illegal immigrants, right? Illegal aliens are counted as part of the census. So there's a real, real re, uh, redistricting Uh, In the favor of the Democrats. Number two, they believe that every single illegal alien that they find a pathway to citizenship is going to equate to a Democratic vote. So this is about politics. This is about votes. And they're jeopardizing, as you said, our nation's safety, health and national security to get votes.
0: They'll do anything for power and control. I mean, you see the horrendous headlines about illegal immigrants taking the lives of young women. The case in Texas, the 16 year old found murdered by her mother in cold blood in her own bathtub at their own home. I mean, it's just it's it's horrible to think that we have leaders in positions of power that literally do not care about us. All they care about is getting reelected, and they're allowing this to occur. And it's just so crucial and imperative, as you know, and as our audience knows, that we reelect President Trump for so many reasons, but especially right now, this one, he is the strongest candidate on the border, and he has called for the largest mass deportation operation in American history. Mr. Morgan, in case you didn't hear it, I do want to just play what President President Trump said about this in the Fox News town hall last night and then uh, get your reaction. And I also have a question for you on it. Jared, please cut eight.
4: It's not sustainable for our country. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City with it getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place? We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice.
0: You you hear the audience applause. That is music to the ears of so many Americans who are so fed up seeing illegal immigrants run our communities and our cities. But I ask you, Mr. Morgan, operationally, logistically, how can we ensure this happens uh, if, God willing, President Trump is elected for another four years?
2: Well, and if I can, first, so here's why there was uh, this outburst of, of clapping, because those individuals understand that illegal immigration, and, and I emphasize, illegal, it's a cr- is not a victimless crime, meaning that it pulls resources off their law enforcement away from their national security mission. They're relegated to becoming a federal travel agency. When that happens, the border is wide open. It's unmanned. It's unpatrolled. We've literally handed operational control over the cartels. And when that happens, they exploit it to push drugs, criminals, and national security threats across. That's why we're so laser focused on stopping the flow of illegal immigration, because the cartels use it to push a vast complex set of threats killing americans and jeopardizing our national security every single day and 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 that's why it's so important that we not only secure our physical border and we go after the cartels but we have to address interior as well because if we don't send the message that if you get here and you're here illegally, you're going to be removed. We have to send that message to stop the flow. And how do we do it? One at a time. People say, well, Mark, there's millions and millions. How do you start it? And I, I don't mean to be flipped, but one at a time. And Tom Holman said this. I think possibly President Trump you know, took the line from Tom Holman and said we need to, from a whole-of-governor approach, and act the, the, our, our country's largest mass deportation operation that we've ever seen in our history. We can do it, but it's going to take commitment, political will, and a whole government approach. But, but Caroline, I promise you, we can do it.
0: Yeah, well, we need to elect the right person to do it, too. And I, I have one last question for you, and it's, it's a daunting one, I'm sure. Uh, and if Joe Biden is granted another four years in the White House, And I don't think that's going to happen. I think the American people are waking up to what's going on with our border and our economy and the fact that we are marching towards World War III uh, on the world stage because of Biden's weakness. But gosh forbid, he is. What would happen to our nation? What do you foresee happening to our homeland security if Joe Biden is in the White House for another four years?
2: Look, I I think that's the question. And. And when we answer that, you know, a lot of people say you're being hyperbolic. But if you just look at the data, Carolina, I know you know the data. I know your listeners know this data as well. But, again, you know – Eight million total nationwide encounters in 36 months from 180 different countries. 1.8 million known godaways. Every single day, murders, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons, and gang members are entering our country. In the last 36 months, we've had close to 300 illegal aliens on the FBI's Terror Screening Database. Now, think about how many of those those murders, rapists, and national security threats are are, are a part of the 1.8 million that are already in the United States. We know that Americans are dying every almost every single day at the hands of illegal aliens. We know illegal aliens are dying every single day at the hands of the cartels. We, I could go on and on. It's not a matter of when a national security threat is going to come to our country and, and across our wide open borders. The issue is they're already here. Uh, we could already have a terrorist sleepy cell plan the next terrorist attack. and We have no idea. So, so it's unimaginable that the continued chaos and lawlessness that's happening on our border is going to continue to jeopardize every aspect of our nation's safety, health, and national security. And, and here's the thing, and this is why it's so important right now, Look, I, I, real quick, I know I'm going long, but here's why it's so important that Republicans right now, the, the Americans put the Republicans in charge of the House. And so right now, they have an opportunity, they have a chance to make this administration reverse course through the power of the purse. HR2, it's the strongest piece of border security legislation that's ever been passed by the House, and we have Senator Lankford right now that's leading the Republican effort, and he's actively working with Secretary Mayorkas, who the other chambers is impeaching this week, to actually water down H.R. 2. We can't guarantee, we can't act like we're for sure going to win back the, uh, uh, the, the White House in 2025. We've got to make sure that we prevent it just in case that doesn't happen.
0: Man, I wish that there I I hope there are some Democrats that are listening right now because your last answer there just about the havoc and the chaos that this border crisis has wreaked. If that's not enough to change your mind not to vote for Joe Biden and to vote for Republicans and for President Trump, uh, I don't know what is. Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. And uh, we need more people like you in our government right now. That is for sure. Thank you. you.
2: You as well. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you.
0: The guy knows his stuff. That is for sure. We, got, we didn't get into it too much. We'll talk about it after the break. But, I mean, the story out of New York City where they're p- pushing kids, forcing them to be remote school uh, so migrants can be housed in the, in the school. It's just, it's unfathomable. I mean, it's America last everywhere you turn. I'm Caroline Lovett. This is The Grace Curley Show. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. We just had Mark Morgan on. And man, that man is sharp. He he knows the border. He served uh, for Customs and Border Protection in the Trump administration. And how I wish we had competent people that actually understood the law and cared about our homeland security serving in those roles. 844 500 We got some callers on the line. Let's get to them. CJ, you're up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, CJ.
2: Well,
4: Caroline, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about a... Uh, I heard this NPR program, uh, you know how they are. They, they talked about uh, New York City and how they were putting up illegal immigrants at a hotel. And they were also giving all the uh, illegal immigrant females that uh, were pregnant they were doing this free medical care for them at Bellevue Hospital, and they seemed incredulous. They were talking about every single one, even the women that were raped on the way, they wanted to keep their babies no matter what, and uh, she, they seemed kind of surprised that this was actually going to happen. You know, New York State is pro-abortion and everything. Mm-hmm. But they seemed actually surprised, but uh, I think you and I know exactly why they wanted to keep their their babies. <laughs>
0: birthright citizenship it's their anchor baby cj they get to stay here for them. so npr was surprised that the the mothers wanted to keep their children is that what you're saying
4: yeah all of them the pregnant all the pregnant women
0: of course they were because npr is obsessed with abortion 844-500-4242 thanks for the call cj eddie you're next on the grace curly show go ahead eddie
4: Caroline, I've been dying to talk to you because I know you've got your the ground up there in uh, New Hampshire and you're connected to the Trump campaign. And I'd just like to get your take on, um, you know, Trump's ground game up there, what's going on on the airwaves, and if they're going to be able, Trump's going to be able to overcome all the rhinos with Sununu and Nikki Haley up there. And I want to get your take on this. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, no problem, Eddie. You're talking New Hampshire uh, and I will say there's a lot of money being spent here, Nikki Haley. And to your, like you said, the rhinos, Chris Sununu, firing from all angles and mailers and TV ads and radio ads. And, uh, you know, there she's been all over the place, uh, definitely trying to earn support. But I do feel very confident that President Trump will win a third time. You know, this was the first state that propelled him to the nomination in 2016 and um, I was at the Trump rally a few weeks ago in Durham, New Hampshire, which is a very liberal place at the University of New Hampshire. And there was 4,000 people there. It was in the ice arena. It was packed, 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 people standing outside as well. And I have been to a lot of Trump rallies, Eddie, in New Hampshire and elsewhere, But I can tell you, this was the most enthusiastic and energized crowd in New Hampshire I've ever seen. And actually, something that was so exciting to me personally, uh, and should be to you as well, was the amount of young people that I saw. And I know it was held at a college campus, so the kids think it's cool to go to something like that at their school. But I saw so many young voters. Many of them I spoke to. I posted videos of it on my social media. I was asking them why they're there. And uh, they they had just said this is the first election they get to vote in and, and they want Trump. Many of them were young men too. And there's a, a some interesting data I've seen. And this isn't just a New Hampshire point. This is across the board where young American men, I'm talking Gen Z men, like high school aged currently, are more conservative than young men have been in decades. And I, I, I hope And I pray it's true that the pendulum has swung so far left that it's going to swing back to the right because these kids are realizing the lunacy of the left in our culture, in our schools, and in our media. Interesting times. We'll be right back.
1: live from the Aviva Trattoria studio.
0: It's Caroline Levitt on the mic for the Great Grace Curly, 844 We're going to get to our caller on the line. But real quick, I just mentioned how I've noticed a lot more young people at the Trump rallies that I've attended in New Hampshire, which is very welcome news. However, the majority of them are young men. And I've been reading the data on this. So just wanted to share it with you. While young men are indeed trending more conservative, in fact, only 25 percent of young men identify themselves as liberal. Only 25 percent. So three quarters of young men men aged 18 to 24 say they are conservative the exact opposite is actually true for young women it's 75 percent of young women claim they are conservative or uh, i'm sorry liberal uh so young men are trending are trending conservative young women are trending liberal it's going to make for, I believe, a lot of unhappy households in the future if the women don't come to the, wh- the, the right side. I heard someone say that, uh, I think it was Jack Posobiec, that young white liberal women are the bane of America today. And um, I think I'm in a position to say that is unfortunately very true. All right, Michael, you've been very patient and you're on the line. So go ahead, Michael. Thanks for calling in.
4: Totally agree with you, Caroline, about President Trump being the only one to trust on the border. He's got a proven track record. And uh, I agree with the fact that uh, Democrat uh, mega-donor Reid Hoffman is, uh, you know, donating to Nikki Haley. And he's also urging Democrats to donate through the SFA Super PAC, okay, to Nikki Haley. So, that being said, also, she has um, Koch Brothers money. Okay, as as well as Ron DeSantis does, and uh, they're we all know that the Koch brothers are for cheap labor and illegals. Mm-hmm. That's what they are for. So mm-hmm. um, another thing, uh, both of them. How can we trust either one of them? We, you know with DEI and credit scores, they're all funded. Both R- Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis have money through Black Rock, State Street, and Vanguard. So we can't trust them on that either. So. Um, I totally agree with the governor. We, I'm, I'm sure you know about the corrupt election systems in New Hampshire. We're fright This past Friday, we were up in Concord over the, uh, 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 Chris Ager leaving the, uh, the dirty RNC chair, uh, Chris Ager leaving the, uh, primary, uh, primary open and, uh, David Scanlon, the dirty secretary of state, uh, also extended it an extra four months so that Democrats could, fl- Flip over into uh um into the undeclared so uh to vote for Nikki Haley so that and they're actually encouraging mm-hmm. this so that's what's going on and uh, this governor that's backing her we all know his father was Governor John Sununu who was chief of staff to Bush Senior who's who Bush Senior used to talk about the New World Order and his speeches all right so the this may the the Bushes are tied to both candidates.
0: Michael, you're 100% spot on on everything that you just said. And the Never Trump Rhino establishment, the Republican establishment, is out in full force in New Hampshire uh, campaigning for Nikki Haley. And... Chris Sununu himself said in a Fox News interview that Democrats, conservative Democrats who are either undeclared voters or independent voters should go out and vote for Nikki Haley in our Republican primary. And they are allowed to do that, by the way, as you pointed out, Michael, New Hampshire state law, independents and undeclared voters can pull a Republican ballot and they can vote uh, for Nikki Haley. And that's what they're encouraging them to do because they know that Real conservatives don't like Her flip-flopping, don't like the fact her campaign is funded by Democrats, don't like the fact that she has said illegal immigrants are not criminals. They are, in fact, criminals, and they're breaking the law in this country every single day by the thousands. And uh, real conservatives don't like the fact that Nikki Haley has lied about her position on whether or not she's going to raise the retirement age for our seniors on Social Security. She is not consistent, nor is she authentic on the issues that matter to your family and to mine. And that's why it's so imperative that we get out and vote in our primary. Michael, I see you from calling from Derry, New Hampshire. We have to flood the polls on January the 23rd to send a very strong message to the anti-Trump Republican establishment, Nikki Haley, Chris Sununu, and all the Democrats that are funding them in their little their little parade around New Hampshire uh that they are not going to win. So thank you, Michael, for the call and God bless you. 844-500-4242. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Howen in Nashua. Call one 844 Perfect smile or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what's the poll question today?
3: Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is how do you feel about Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots? It was the right move bad idea, or I
0: don't care. (laughs) Stick it with my first answer, right move. What does our audience think?
3: 36% say it was the right move, 18% say it was a bad idea, and 45% don't care.
0: All right. Well, those 45%, you're going to care for the next few minutes because we have a caller who is graciously giving up his time. He's a friend of mine, Gary Mulkey again. He's a New Hampshire guy, he's a local guy, he's a good guy, and he's a what, Gary? 25-year season ticket holder of the New England Patriots? Actually,
5: 29. 29 years.
0: 29 so we'll be years. this upcoming year. <laughs> you're aging yourself, Gary. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I know, I am
0: <laughs> Alright, so so break it down for us Because this is making national news today, Gary And it's making local news too And just talk to us about I guess the impact that Bill Belichick has had On Pat's dynasty I mean, his record is one of the most winning records In NFL history, if I'm not mistaken um, So I want to just get your thoughts On the impact of this news today And then I want to ask you about the future Of the, the Patriots dynasty
5: absolutely so so, if you think about the history of the Patriots, they were a laughing stock for a number of years and when you go back to the eighties where when like Celtics won in, in eighty six the, the 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 city of Boston literally didn't have winning teams until uh, winning a, an actual championship until the Patriots in two thousand and one. So what Bill Belichick did in two thousand and one not only impacted the Patriots because obviously for the next twenty years they went to nine Super Bowls, they won six, and he impacted that franchise to, to the greatest dynasty in sports history. But they also it also like trickled down to putting pressure on the Red Sox to win a World Series finally, and they did in '04, and they did it a few uh, a couple more times after that. It put pressure on the Bruins and the Celtics. So the impact he made to the region itself was. Was significant because it, it it put pressure on these other teams and it made us into a championship city and it was it was incredible and and as a, a Patriots fan my whole life you know I obviously had season t- have season tickets and all these years but I, I go back to as a kid I always loved them even when they were terrible but I always wanted to I always said I just wanted to see them win one championship <laughs> and the fact that we all got to see them win as many as they did and I think that the biggest mistake that took place and you are right. It's time. It's time to move on. When he let Brady go, mm. I think they had one more, one more championship in him. I do, and uh, I think Gronk would have come back another year. I just think uh, they they really messed that up, and I think it impacts the end of his legacy here because he would have broken Shula's record by now if Brady was still playing. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think Brady could have probably played even this year.
0: <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about that, Gary, because there was a lot of speculation, I remember, when Tom Brady did leave the Patriots and then, of course, he went to Tampa Bay and he ended up winning a Super Bowl with them too. Like, what happened there? Was there truly... I know the media, we know it's fake news and they love to write sensationalist headlines for clicks, but a lot of people said that there was some... Uh, hostility between Belichick and Brady. Do you think that's true? And do you think that's ultimately what led Tom Brady to leave?
5: I think the uh, the extent of that really came into the contract. Uh, Tom wanted two years when uh, when when he, when he signed his last contract with the Patriots, and they only gave him one year, and they let they let him become a free agent. And I think you know Tom at that time, Drew Brees had signed a two year contract, and Brady had always throughout his entirety with the Patriots had taken less money to, to play for them and so he just wanted to be recognized with two briefs, you know, they were both older and both, you know, Hall of Fame players and obviously Tom being the greatest of all time and he just wanted to get that respect of getting those two years and when when Bill didn't give him that he walked and I think I think Kraft screwed that up and it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward because Kraft needs to make the right decisions or else if this franchise falls on his face and keeps falling on his face you saw the last game 30,000 people showed up I know it was a snow game but only 3,000, and I was at, uh, there were 1-8 at home. The product is really bad right now. Mm. So The decisions they make going forward are going to be significant, and it ha- it's not only on the coaching side, but it's also on the general manager side who's picking these players, because that's been a disaster over the last several
0: years, too. Right, so a lot of people say that as well, like super fans of Brady who might not be so hot on Belichick say, well, it was Brady who made Belichick, not Belichick who made Brady, and I guess if you look at belichick's post brady record like isn't that kind of true gary i mean there's something to be said about the fact that brady leaves belichick and goes and wins the super bowl with a whole new coach and franchise he's never played for before but then belichick has a losing streak i mean i know there's more players that are important than just the quarterback but i mean do you think that belichick could have been as successful without tom brady he can't he couldn't have been right
5: I don't think every great coach you look at throughout the years, they always had a great quarterback. And and you, you saw last year, right, with Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. You, you have to have a great quarterback in order to take that that leap. If you look at all the Super Bowl winners the last twenty years, there's not many that had marginal quarterbacks that were winning for them. Um, maybe Nick Foles was probably the worst quarterback to win. But every 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 team you look across the board, it's it's Mahomes, it's Brady, it's it's these these players that are are great, and you need that. And I think Belichick made the biggest mistake was letting Brady go, and then he put Cam Newton in place for a year, which is which was bad. But then and then Mac, you know, they they did get his rookie year. He did well, but but he, he just I don't know what happened with him. His decision making, his footwork, everything was terrible about about what happened with this kid, and it falls on the feet of, of Bill. It really yeah. does, and. uh there were a lot of mistakes they made. He didn't bring in, bring back Myers, and he brought, they signed Juju Smith Schuster, which was a disaster. Like there was just a lot of bad decisions on the personnel side that impacted the team, and yet this team is not still not that far away from becoming a playoff team again. So it's, again, it's going to be who Kraft's going to have to make really strong decisions. And um, get this thing right, uh, ship right, or else he's going to lose season ticket holders by the, by the, by the thousands.
0: <laughs> Will you be one of those season ticket holders, Gary, if they continue to lose? <laughs>
5: You know, I I loved them when they stunk and I love them now and I'll always
0: have to. You're a super fan. You're a super fan. All right, one last question because I'm personally curious on this. And by the way, Tom Brady, he's such a class act, always is. He put on his Instagram literally 20 minutes ago a picture of he and Belichick and wrote, I could have never been the player I was without you, Coach Belichick. I am forever grateful and I wish you the best of luck in whatever you choose next. Gary, you're clearly an expert on this stuff, and we really appreciate your calling for those of us who don't get it. Uh so what do you think Bill Belichick is going to do next in your humble opinion? Where does he go from here?
5: He wants to break Don Schuler's record. Um when during the the Patriots undefeated season, Don Schuler was alive at that time and, and was disrespecting the, the the fact that they were they were gonna break his record and then they obviously they lost at the last game. He wants to beat Shula's record to be the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. He's going to coach again. It's going to depend on what happens in the playoffs. I think if Dallas loses early, or Philadelphia loses early, or Buffalo loses early, those are three great teams that might end up leave, uh, letting go of their coach, and they're, they'll be willing to pay Bill Belichick whatever it is to, to bring him uh, bring him in. So those those three three areas are um, are two three teams that I would watch, and then. I think maybe maybe Washington because they have the number two pick, and then Atlanta is uh, is what a lot of people are saying, and I don't I don't see it, but you know that's what that's what the rumor is too. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, it's, it's crazy, it's interesting, and and uh, it's at the front of everything right now. So.
0: All right. Well, Gary, or as you're called back home in New Hampshire, gee whiz, we appreciate your calling in. And by the way, you should have your own uh, sports talk radio show. That was that was very good interview for your first time. Good. Good job, Gary. And thanks for the info. We appreciate it. All right, guys, when we come back, we have the car crossover. Right, Jared? All right. Let's do it.
4: Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
1: This is the Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. It has been a pleasure filling in for Grace for the last three hours. I'll be back on the microphone tomorrow. So feel free to text in any topics you wish to discuss and I'll make sure they're prepared for you. I have some good guests coming on tomorrow as well. But now it is time for the car crossover, which is sponsored by Toyota of Portsmouth and Tux Trucks. Tux Trucks GMC in Hudson, Massachusetts has a great combo for moving snow. A GMC Sierra 2500 HD paired with a Fisher X V2 Fisher Plow. For commercial or residential snow removal, see Tux Trucks, your Fisher Plow distributor. Shop online at tuxtrucksgmc.com. Joining me now is the one and only Howie Carr. Hey, Howie.
3: Hey, how you doing, uh, Caroline?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you living the life down there in West Palm Beach?
3: I, I'm enjoying myself. I, I'm I'm unclear though about who can vote in New Hampshire. If if you are a democrat you can't vote in the republican primary correct but if you you could but if you're a democrat you can go in and unregister and then become a republican voter for the day how does how is this going to work did they change the law
0: no if you are a registered democrat or republican you cannot change your party affiliation anymore that deadline passed in october however, however 40% of our electorate are either undeclared or registered independents. And so what Sununu and Haley are trying to do is push those independents who vote, have historically voted in past Democrat primaries because they are Democrats to vote for Nikki Haley. So there's nothing illegal about it, but they are just trying to push these people who typically would pull a Democrat ballot uh, to pull a Republican ballot in this election. Make sense? Yes,
3: yeah, so so they can uh, s- so they can still vote Democrat, if or can they can vote Republican? If they, they can want. vote
0: either party, correct? Yes. And they're
3: spent And then I read yesterday that they're spending uh, the demo, uh, the the rhinos are spending six hundred thousand bucks to get these people out to the polls.
0: Mm-hmm. That's correct. I she's spent sixty eight million dollars in ads. That's the yeah. one thing, true thing Chris Christie has ever said in that that hot mic moment. Uh, but I will say they're doing everything they can. Living up there, you get texts every second. You're getting mail pieces to your mailbox. There's ads on TV, ads on the radio. They're making a big effort to get these people out to the polls. But in past elections, Howie, independent turnout in past presidential elections, the highest it's ever been was 2012 and 16. And it was 30% of independents in the state actually turned out to vote in the primary. Uh, So it's not a huge number of people that you so know, is that enough to
3: make up for his his to make up for Trump's lead?
0: It's not. So that's why they're trying to double the margin. And Sununu has said outright he's banking on 45% of independents. If that's the case, he feels comfortable or confident. That's why we need all Republicans to get out and vote, Howie Carr. I hope you she's, have a great she's show. She's got to
3: win. She's got to win in Iowa, too, where she's this isn't gonna work. That's, that's the only <laughs> that's the only chance she's got. <laughs>
0: that's right, and it's four days away. Howie Carr, have a good show.